Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Little boys don't like little girls. They like big guns. Ace is a little boy. When we play cowboys and Indians, he's always the cowboy and I have to use the stupid arrows while he clicks the pistol. It's empty and old and when he points and shoots it, sometimes I'm scared it will go off anyway. But that's what makes the game fun. Today we aren't playing cowboys and Indians though. We're crouched in the tall grass behind my house. It's all yellow from the sunshine, and the TV keeps saying it's a really dry summer. Mum says not to play with matches because of the weather. But she never wants me to play with matches anyway. Ace always brings matches. We're searching for cigarette butts. I already have one cupped in my hand, a withered bud of yellow with a silver of burnt white on the end. The neighbour boys come out here to smoke and leave their trash. Sometimes they bring girls back here too to kiss and roll around with, which is gross but the cigarettes look cool. Plus, Ace says it's fine to smoke them, and even though my mum says they're bad, I trust Ace because he's a lot smarter than me. Here, I call, breaking our combined concentration. I found another cigarette and I hold it out to Ace. It has more white on the end. That's supposed to be better, so I always give it to Ace. Whenever he finds whitey ones, he keeps them for himself too. Ace takes it from me without speaking pursing it between his lips and crinkling his eyebrows in concentration. He slides the box of matches open, striking one with practiced hands and holding the flame to the paper. He sucks in as it takes light, then exhales from the corner of his mouth, throwing the match on the ground. I hurry to stomp it out. Your turn, he directs, and I try to mimic him. I put my nub between shaking lips and watch as he lights the new match and holds it close. My vision is crossing, so I close my eyes and try to focus. Suck, Ace commands, and I suck, and I feel a burning on my tongue and throat. I cough, opening my eyes, and watch as the cigarette falls out of my mouth and back onto the dirt going out. Ace doesn't smile. He shrugs and keeps smoking. Rooney! My mum is calling from the house. She can't see us because we're crouched in the grass. I stand up, guiltily scuffing the leftover cigarette into the ground. Time for dinner! You want to come? I offer. But Ace shakes his head like I knew he would. He never wants to come. See you tomorrow, I say before running off to the house, leaving him doubled over in the field. I dream about Ace and his gun. But in the dream, I'm him and he's me. And when he pulls the trigger, my own fingers twitch and my own heart thumps. We're both cowboys, bow-legged from days atop our horses scourging the west of Indians. When we find them, we shoot the pistol and wham! They fall dead weight in the dust. And when they fall, Ace pulls out a knife and cuts around their crown, making a halo of red, before it seeps all over their faces and makes them scarlet as devils. He keeps the scalps on his belt. I keep the scalps on my belt. The next day, after making my bed and eating a bowl of Lucky Charms, I go out to the field. Ace is there like he's always there, and when I get closer I see him holding the pistol, which means we'll play cowboys and Indians. Can I be the cowboy this time? I ask once in earshot.
I always ask Ace, and Ace always says no, and since it's his gun, I can't argue. Today, he doesn't say no, though. He says we're not playing cowboys and Indians, then he holds out the gun for me to take. I've never held it before. The handle made of smooth wood fits well in the palm of my hand, and the steel glints dull in the morning. I feel adult, and I point it jokingly. Bang, bang, I say, squinting one eye to stare down the shaft. I don't pull the trigger. I'm scared to. I brought these too. Ace is holding out a cardboard box, like the matchbox but bigger and newer. It slides it open and I see all the metal cylinders stacked in neat rows. Take them. I obey nervously. Load it up. I don't know how and I fumble the bullets. Ace smiles today and bends down quickly to collect them before I can. He takes the gun from me, gentle, flipping open the compartment and filling the slots. I count the clinks. Six. He hands me back the gun, and my palms are sweating now, making the handle slick. My heart is thumping, but in a good way, like all my veins widening up and my blood is whizzing through them. Shoot something. I can hear the blood loud behind my ears egging me on. Shoot something, cowboy. Farley is a rugged tabby that eats mayflies, but now he's so old he can't keep them down and chokes them up, their insect legs broken into a dozen knees. He belongs to the neighbours with the son that smokes all the cigarettes. The cat isn't good anymore. He leaves mats of fur around the field, his body balding around the spine so the bones stick out against thin skin, and the skin, no longer elastic, presses back against the spine as gravity pulls it down to hang around Farley's belly in folds. He meows too, really loudly and horribly, like something being tortured. He'll hang around our back screen door and yowl and Mum will jump up and curse and drop things. Mum calls him the devil himself. She doesn't even get mad at me when I call him the devil. Usually she would twat me for that and tell me not to joke about biblical things. Farley is in the field, in the underbush. He's walking real slow like his legs hurt and I imagine him as one of those Indians. He'd be a really wrinkled one, crispy from too many days in the sun, and lame from too many years alive. He's about ready for death anyway, I tell myself. Besides, Mum hates that damn cat. Mum won't mind. I squint my eye like before, but this time my finger grips the trigger. I squeeze. Bang! I feel my shoulder jerk around in the socket, and I'm surprised by the pressure. A weird feeling tangles my gut, but it's too late. Farley's lying out in the sun, his stomach pancaking against the cracked ground. Ace is whooping, already running towards the cat while I stand, gun still in hand and blood still pumping. He kneels beside the corpse, propped up with his butt resting on his heels, and back arched leaning close. Nice shot. He praises and I start to walk nearer to see. But as I get closer, my blood starts whizzing too fast. It's making my face hot and my throat thick and I'm uncomfortable in the dry summer. All I can think about is a glass of lemonade, but Ace would say that's wimpy stuff, so I gather my jumpy nerves and take a look. Farley has a hole in his head, through his right eye blowing out the socket, so all that's left is a big gap enough to stick your pinky through. I can see red on the ground, but it's not the bright stuff that squirted out of the Indians in my dream. It's brown mixing with the filth of the fur, and I'm not sure if I blew the hair off, or if it had already been shed, but either way it makes me feel sick. Ace picks a stick from the ground and starts to poke around in the hole. As he pulls it out, I can see bits of grey stuck to the end, and I wonder if it's brains, and wonder if my brains would be the same if someone shot me in the head. Then Ace is dropping the stick and standing up, 
wiping his hands on his jeans and looking around like he's lost something. Let's shoot something else, he says. My head still hurts though, and I know I don't want that gun in my hand. My body is having a reaction to it, like when I eat cheese and my belly bloats, and I realise I've done something wrong, but it's too late. So I cry and promise not to do it again, because it's so uncomfortable. But this time my blood is bloating, and it hurts a lot worse. A little voice is whispering, telling me killing is wrong, immoral. It's a word my mother uses when she watches the television and convicts come on. They always look normal to me, and I wonder how smiling like that could shoot someone, and it gives me the shivers until I walk away and go outside and distract myself. Am I one of those people now? Ace is telling me about all the fun things we'll shoot. I shake my head. Ace notices and his face starts morphing, turning mean so his brow casts shadows and I can't see his eyes anymore. Come on, sissy, he scolds. I've made up my mind, though, and I just keep shaking my head back and forth. He comes closer, grabbing for the gun, and I back away. I realise me deciding not to shoot the gun isn't enough. I don't want to be friends with a murderer, either. I have to get rid of the gun. I'm lifting my arm to throw it away, and Ace is falling on me, his fist punching at my face and my chest, and his mouth is shouting, Give me my gun! My finger is still tangled up in the trigger, though, and as he lunges, I flinch. My arm's stuck between down and up, and I feel pressure again as the pistol powers. Ace doesn't crumple. He's looking at me with his happy face he wore this morning, telling me something. And even though he isn't using words, he doesn't need to because we're thinking the same. I'm realising we always have. And I'm learning Ace isn't a cowboy riding bareback or an Indian shot dead. It's just part of the field, like the blades of brittle glass that watch and sway and become what you need them to be. Whether that's a wild frontier or a venue for mischief, that is Ace. When I needed him, I had him. And now I don't, but he's not dead. He's idle within my own head, becoming calm as I open up the gun and let the bullet spill out onto the ground before chucking it so it lands amongst the thistles. Without the gun, I know Ace won't be coming back. And as my mum calls me in for lunch, I know I won't be either. But I'm okay, because I'm not a cowboy, and I never was.